You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. Joined as always by my faithful co-host, we got Nate, the Professor Christian. What's up, Nate? What's up, Mike? You know, July 4th, it's Independence Day. It was a nice day outside. It's hot. It's summertime. Everything, everything was good today. It's good to be here with you guys. Because well, what better way to spend July 4th? What better way to spend a holiday? Not having to work the next day would be ideal. That'd be awesome. But I do have to go back to work. I think my other co-host, Chev and Nooney, does as well. What's up, Chev? Oh, Chev, you're muted. See, what I meant to say was we're going back to work. It was just very sad for me to say it, and I didn't want everybody to hear that I had to be that person to go back to work. But, you know, hopefully Terry puts it in reverse this time. You know, he almost got blew up last season. Hopefully he knows how to drive that thing now. So, Terry, do your thing, brother. Back it up. I just want to say that I was quite enraged that I had to work on Monday. So I made sure to make sure that everyone that came into the shop ridiculed my boss as much as possible. I had a customer tell him he was cheap, which was fantastic. Wonderful. He did not work. I had to work. He's on vacation. Could have just closed the shop. But wannabe Elon Musk knows that there's money to be made. So he knows when things are valued and overvalued and overrated. Like me, fixing a car is way overrated. So we're going to talk about overrated players that we are avoiding and we're selling high on right now. We always talk about buying low. It's important to sell high, too. That's how you maximize your value. So we're doing it right now for 2023. Nate, we're going to kick it off with you. And this is a guy that we've been bullish on. Mm. Is that the right bullish, word? If you like him. Yes, we do, typically. But uh, you're selling this guy right here. Tell us who you got and why. I am. You know, I've always been a, you know, a decent fan of this player. But I think right now the value is just not there. And that's Michael Pittman Jr., Love the size speed combo that got we got going on with Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, six foot four, two hundred twenty three pounds, and he ran a four five. You know, he 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 checks all the boxes, and he, you know, through the first couple of years of his career, he's been productive. He's been that X wide receiver we wanted to see. We've seen him, you know, dominate some games, and there's no question about Michael Pittman's talent or his ability to produce. But I do have question marks about the Colts' offense now, especially the passing offense. Anthony Richardson is coming into town. And I like the the potential of Anthony Richardson, but I do not have faith in Richardson to you know be a great passing quarterback his rookie year. Um, you know, I would expect maybe twenty five hundred passing yards from Anthony Richardson this year. I think that would be a, a decent projection. And you know, with that kind of yardage and with the expected you know passing touchdowns that this team would probably have, you know, the volume just isn't really going to be there for Michael Pittman to have the production that fits the the value that he is right now. You know, being a guy who's coming off in the first five, six rounds of your startup draft, you want to pick up a wide receiver that's going to give you production right away. Not just be a young wide receiver with potential down the road, but a guy that can produce right away. Worried about Michael Pittman's ability to do that. They also added Josh Downs to the wide receiver room, who I like a lot out of the slots. Speaking of volume, the slots wide receiver usually takes out a good chunk of volume. And then Alec Pierce going into a second season, a great down the field threat. Doesn't do much else other than that, but he does that very well. So, 
that's going to limit some of the down the field passes that Michael Pittman's going to get because Alec Pierce is going to be fulfilling that role a lot of times on that offense. So I think that Michael Pittman, while being drafted as a you know top 24 wide receiver, I don't think he's going to have top 24 production this year. I think he's just going to miss the cut because of the regression with volume, total targets, and the touchdown regression. You know, I just think it's just not going to add up by the end of the season. He could be a great value, though, going into the 2024 season because I still think there's a ton of talent there. And Anthony Richardson going into a second year, I think there could be some more fantasy production there. So if you have Michael Pittman Jr., what are we doing with him? What are we, how are we moving off of him? You know, I can move Michael Pittman Jr. right now for Amari Cooper and Antonio Gibson. Hmm. You get two tried and true producers, put them into your lineup. They're going to make you a lot happier this year than Michael Pittman will. Another option there, if you want to stay young, you know, pivot off to Jahan Dotson. You might be able to get an early second in there if you haven't drafted yet. If not, you can probably, you can almost definitely get a 24 second, I think. Um, and then another, another trade, if you're looking for more production and you're trying to move a Michael Pittman Jr., Miles Sanders, and Mike Evans, get a running back, get a wide receiver, get that production in your lineup. I love those trades if you're a competitive team. Michael Pittman Jr., while talented, just isn't set up for success this year. I don't think so. Okay. All right. I, and I completely understand that. I don't mm-hmm. disagree. Mobile quarterbacks have a tendency to knock down uh, their number one wide receiver. It just happens. So, Chev, speaking of uh, knocking down certain things, this guy's been knocking the Bears down, part owner for a while, but um, you're dumping them. Tell me who and why. Yeah, you know, this is just coming from a point of where we don't know what the future holds. Yeah, he may be good for another year, maybe two, but it's almost better to get some value than to just – have him die on your team, especially if you're not competing. If you're competing right now, Aaron Rodgers is a great person to have on your team. I think he's going to have one or two more good years with the Jets. I don't know if he plays much longer after that. He's getting pretty old at this point. It's going to be tough for him to stay healthy. I just am worried about the future with him. I don't think he's overrated. I think he's right where he needs to to be right now. I mean, he's going off as QB 24. Obviously, uh, he's going to be higher than that, in my opinion. He's going to knock that out of the park. ADP is 63. I think the talent is there. He's going to be good for the next two years, but if you are in the middle or if you're in a rebuilding team, Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback for you. I would much rather just try to get rid of him at this point. Maybe you give him a few games where, you know, he shows what he's going to do in that offense. Cause I mean, he's in a division now that it's not the Bears and Lions he's having to compete against. He's going to have to put up some points against the Bills and Miami and all these studs that he's going to be playing up against this year. He's going to have a lot of primetime games, so he's going to have to do a lot of big things in that offense this upcoming year, and he's got a lot of pieces to do it with. But right now, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going in the right spot for Dynasty, though. If you're in the middle, I'm looking to get rid of him. I expect him to be a QB1 this upcoming year, but to pivot off of him, I would try to get a 24 first. That's going to be kind of tough at this point due to the thinking that I'm saying. Everybody's thinking at this point, how many years does he have left? Is he going to retire last season? Like we're all at that point. It's like with Tom Brady the last few years. We just don't know when he's going to retire, but we know that time is coming. So you can try to get a 24 first. You're probably going to have to wait for a second. At the, Are you probably going to be looking for a second at this point? You know, if he goes in and lights the world on fire for the Jets to start off, you might be able to swindle a 24 first away from a competing team. If they're a competing team, obviously that pick's going to be a little bit later, so they might be willing to give it up for Aaron Rodgers. But I'd be shooting for a second. I think you can get that pretty easily at this point. But 
I would try to wait and go for that first. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be a player that he's going to do well. He's going to do this. He's going to do well this year. He's going to have to compete, especially against the teams he's going to be playing against in the AFC. He's going to have to be a dog this year. It's going to be interesting for sure, seeing him in that division. Yep. And um, kind of excited. Uh, hopefully the Jets are better this year, except on October 15th when I'm going to <laughs> – I'd love to go see them, but um, Chef, thank you. So a guy that I'm selling high on right now, hey, I'm an Eagles fan, but guess what? I'm also a realist, and that is DeAndre Swift running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. His current ADP through DLF is running back 18. He's running back 22 on keep trade cut. Check this out. He's going ahead of other running backs, such as Miles Sanders, who I think will be more productive, Damian Pierce, who I also think will be more productive, Aaron Jones, who has been more productive, Shad White, a guy who I think will also be more productive overall than DeAndre Swift this year. Another guy down here a little bit too, Brian Robinson, who that team likes very, very much. And hey, guess what? Alvin Kamara running back 35, a fantastic PBR back. And I'm going to get into that a little bit. So I get it. People are excited about this move. As an Eagles fan, I was really excited about it too. Nate, I watched the draft at your house this year. You know I was excited when they got him. But I feel like this is better for the real NFL and not fantasy. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia is going to be the next New England Patriots in terms of stay away from backfields. I keep hearing that Swift will be a PPR monster out of the backfield. He has 156 career receptions in three seasons. The Eagles, especially Jalen Hurts, do not throw two running backs in the Nick Sirianni offense. Okay, we keep hearing that they do, but I dug into it. You can make the case that after Hurts signs this extension this offseason, he'll be forced to check down. Hey, maybe he will. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles actually threw to backs less in 2022 than in 2021. 48 running back receptions last year compared to 74 in 2021. So that's 26 receptions less. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Gainwell was your leading running back receiver in both of those seasons. He had 33 catches in 21 and 23 and 22 so 23 leading the backfield not great not great i have a hard time believing that swift will be an instant upgrade as a ppr back in a very crowded running back room it's got rashad penny boston scott who the team loves that's important kenneth gamewell trey sermon lol and kennedy brooks those guys are both still there they're going to be preseason guys uh practice squad guys mostly coupled with the fact that the eagles will benefit from not re-signing him they will get a fifth round conditional pick. Thank you, Johnny Yuleka from the AT Birds podcast for reminding me who it was. If you like the Eagles, check them out. Great podcast. Um, so his long term future is in doubt as well. It's a good situation for him, um, but uh, long term we don't know. So the backfield is going to be extremely difficult to project on a weekly basis. The Eagles podcast that I do listen to, nobody knows what they're going to do. It's going to be a hot hand. We don't know what the hot hand is going to be. Okay, I'm being realistic here, and I think he could be a low to mid running back, too. I could be low, but based on his current value and injury history, I'm willing to be wrong on this one. When you have guys that you can't project, uh, like I said, willing to be wrong, willing to look elsewhere. So his current DLF value is 213.2. Here's a teardown trade for you. DeAndre Swift for Rashad White and a 24 third. That's 201.5. So the Rashad White side is technically a bit of a loss, but you're still getting a pick. You're getting a player getting a guy who I think is going to get the full workload in Tampa Bay. They're going to need to do something there. And a tier up trade. You could use DeAndre Swift in a 24 second. That value is 328.2 for Ramondre Stevenson, 335.6. I'll take that. Give me Ramondre Stevenson over DeAndre Swift. Yet again, another guy who I think is going to get the full workload for the New England Patriots. So, look, again, I'm an Eagles fan. I can't wait to see DeAndre Swift wearing number zero, the first player to ever wear number zero. 
in uh, the Eagles' history. Do you know why he chose number zero? Why? Because he is from Philadelphia, and that is the amount of times he has personally seen the Dallas Cowboys play in an NFC Championship game. Is that well, facts? That is facts. That is Woof. why he said zero. So taking swings at mm, Cowboys. Mm. Love it as an Eagles fan again, but... If you want to go see DeAndre Swift be the PPR monster, I don't think he is going to be. Chef, tell us how you do it. Yeah, if you want to go to the Philadelphia Eagles versus Dallas Cowboys game now, I definitely want to. We know the season is getting closer, and it's time to start planning the game day trips to support your favorite team. Where can you find the best ticket price for sporting events? SeatGeek is your one-stop shop for all things live events and offers the best prices available between creating your account, finding your event, picking out your seats, and making your purchase, it will only take minutes. And when you use promo code Dynasty Rewind, you'll save $20 on your first SeatGeek purchase. Sign up today and enjoy an event tomorrow. The link is in the description. Or if you like Taylor Swift and you can't afford the $2,500 tickets, now is your time to get that $20 off. Insanity what these ticket prices are going for. I do want to say one thing. I have been on SeatGeek's website. The website is absolutely flawless. Like if you've ever went on Ticketmaster's website or remember StubHub, is StubHub still around? StubHub's still out there. I don't know I if they are. Yep. Those websites nowhere near as nice as SeatGeek. And look, I'm not saying that because we're an affiliate. I say the same thing about Underdog as well. I love their websites. I love websites. I'm not a big tech guy. So when it's really easy to use, you know, like – um just imagine, you know, the picture of like a caveman hitting a wheel with a stick. That's me doing something on a computer. So when this stuff's easy to use, I love it a lot. Nate, who's another guy that you were selling high on? I also have some comments about this one because I agree with you. Ooh. So go ahead. All right. So I'm talking about Debo Samuel here. Um, a guy that I've kind of been fading for a while now, a couple of years. But Debo Samuel, he had that great year in 2021. We saw it. It was Great. We loved it. Lots of fun. Uh, but 2022, right back to the Debo Samuel that we all know and uh, may or may not love. And that, that goes down to availability on a week-to-week basis. That goes down to the fact that his A dot went back down to the low A dot that we've seen with Debo Samuel. And for those that don't know, A dot, um, average depth of target. So where these guys are getting used on the field. Debo Samuel, in 2021, when he blew up, 8.1 yards down the field was his A dot. Um, before that, it had always been very close to the line of scrimmage within a couple yards. One year, it was even negative. Um, his average depth of target was behind the line of scrimmage. In 2022, it was down to 4.2. Down, once again, to being used around the line of scrimmage. That's where his bread and butter is. He can create yards after the catch, sure. Mm-hmm. But at this point, George Kittle's there. CMC's there. Brandon Ayuk is really coming into his own as a wide receiver, and he is the more um, – all-around wide receiver, more talented all-around wide receiver than Debo is at this point. You know, Debo is very talented and has great ability to do what he does, but it's um, very niche at this point. You know, he's, his versatility is now limited because CMC is there. Um, so, you know, Debo's not going to get as many rushing opportunities. If Kittle's healthy, uh, which we saw last year, you know, that affects Debo's production as well. And a lot of his production has come when the running back position was injured, when Kittle was injured, when Ayuk was in the doghouse, that's when Samuel shown. Now all these mouths to feed, and we don't know if it's Brock Purdy, if it's Trey Lance. Either way, it's not Aaron Rodgers out there. It's not you know Patrick Mahomes out there. At best, they have you know Brock Purdy, who was actually pretty decent last year, but I don't expect that to continue at such a high level either. 
So there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And I just don't think that Debo is going to be the guy that's going to be getting enough of that volume, enough of that volume down the field to make it worth it uh, where he's going right now. You know, as a wide receiver 28 on a point per game basis last year, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 19 in DLF's June ADP. As a top 20 wide receiver, um, I wouldn't even draft him before Brandon Ayuk. I think he's the second best wide receiver on the San Francisco 49ers right now. And 2021 was honestly a huge outlier for him. Let's move on. You know, he's, he has that ability, but last year, no consecutive top 30 finishes on a week-to-week basis. So he couldn't string together any top performances, inconsistent week-to-week. He did play in 13 games, so it's not like he was missing, you know, most of the season. This year, I don't expect him to be a top 24 wide receiver. You know, wide receiver 36-ish. And then, of course, you know, depending on his availability. I think Ayuk's going to finish ahead of him. I think Kittle and CMC will certainly have theirs. So moving off of Debo Samuel, give me I'll, – I'll move Debo Samuel in a 24-second, and you give me Josh Jacobs. Let me put a top five running back into my lineup. He'll do a lot more for me than Debo Samuel, and all i got to give up on top of that is 24-second. That is easy money right there. If I want to tear down from Debo, get another wide receiver, who I think is going to be just as productive, if not more productive, I can move Debo for Deontay Johnson – 24 first on top of that, possibly, um, if you find someone who likes Debo. If not, I would even do Deontay in a 24 second for Debo Samuel right now. I think Deontay is going to outperform Debo this year and be a better asset moving forward. So give me anything on top, honestly, at this point. I want to say I agree with you on this. And, you know, especially this last trade, the Debo for Deontay Plus. Why Mm. would you want the second best receiver on the 49ers? which I agree with you. I, again, I think Ayuk is the guy for a guy, you know, you can trade him and get the best wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know what their quarterback situation is. It's going to yep. be Kenny Pickett. And yeah, another reason I don't want Debo Samuel, is it going to be Brock Purdy, who I think is still rehabbing that injury, sustaining the NFC championship mm-hmm. game. Is it going to be Trey Lance? Or is it going to be Sam Darnold? Possibly Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold is a starting quarterback week one. We just don't know. And a lot of times when there's massive amounts of speculations, the best thing to do is just stay away, move on from a player at uh, a max value that you can. And Chev is just going to continue to roll on and hate on QBs. Yes. I get it. I get it. Tell me who you are selling high on. I mean, this one to me is, is justified at least. Like this guy really hasn't done much in the NFL yet. And he's getting drafted pretty high at this point. His ADP is 39. He's going off as QB 17. It's going to be Green Bay Packers' Jordan Love. Like I said, the guy has not done very much. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been there. We had the a little bit of the last offseason where we are like, oh, Jordan Love, he could be the guy now. Aaron Rodgers could be moving on. Aaron Rodgers shows back up in town, says, hold on, big boy. Go, back, go get back in the, the reserve area, bud. So Jordan Love is a guy that he hasn't had much production. He hasn't had many opportunity at this point. But we know the Green Bay Packers are probably the best backup QB situation in a long time. We saw Aaron Rodgers be a backup, and he, he succeeded. We had Brett Favre be there as well. and I mean, he just crushed it. So the Green Bay Packers know how to have a good QB. So you're saying there's a chance for Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford is their best option. No, I'm just kidding. Sean Clifford is Mike's favorite player. We might get him a jersey for the Expo. We might get him a jersey for the Expo. Please don't waste your money on that. (laughs) It'll only be $20, so don't worry about that. It might even be signed with that much money. 
Oh, I would rather just you buy me a case of water, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll talk to Phil and see what we can do about that. All right, deal, deal. <laughs> but I, with his ADP right now, I just think there's so much more talent that I'd rather take a risk on where I know that they have production in the NFL. I know what I'm getting. This risk with Jordan Love is just not one I want to take, especially this early in drafts where if I don't hit, I might be in big trouble because taking him as the 39th pick, that's the beginning of the fourth round, I believe. I do not want to miss with that pick. And Jordan Love, he could have a good season. I'm not expecting to, to just burn the world on fire, but there's a chance he doesn't do good and they just decide, yeah, screw it. We're going to go find a different guy. That is a real possibility this upcoming year. So there's just a bunch of other guys that I'd rather go get that I trust, that I believe in. And, you know, I see Jordan Love, he could be a QB too. I think he could get there. But, I am I mean, I'm not really seeing much success. I think it's going to be tough for him this upcoming year, especially just coming into the league, trying to figure it all out. Aaron Rodgers was in front of him. That's a big shoe to fill in Green Bay. We'll see what happens. But, you know, there's guys like DK Metcalf that is getting drafted behind him. Devonta Smith is getting picked right before him. Stephon Diggs, Kirk Cousins, Cooper Cup, Josh Jacobs. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys that have done it in the NFL and that have proven their worth. I just don't know if I can go get Jordan Love so early, and it's the value for me at this point. You could trade Jordan Love for Goff in a third at this point. You know, i just rather take the risk on Goff or Carr I mean, Russell Wilson is getting taken after him as well. Those guys are getting older, but 20 spots lower than Jordan Love, I think that's a little bit crazy in my book. But I don't know. Everybody seems to be a little bit more excited than I am about Jordan Love at this point, which I I get it. The Packers actually went and got some offensive talent for him this year, which is great. That's what you need to do. You have to help your young guy out. But if he doesn't do well, why keep him? Yeah. No, I, I like this because, you know, I've been a big fan of Jordan Love throughout most of this offseason as a good mm-hmm. value, um, especially when the smoke was brewing that, you know, Rodgers was on his way out, but he wasn't yet. You know, yep. Love was a great value. But at this point, he's going ahead of Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett even. And I, I just feel more confident about those guys at this point than, than you know, Love, who – He's got another year on his deal now, but like like Chef said, if it doesn't work out, you have no security past two years. I know those other guys are going to be having you know starting jobs. You know maybe Gino, maybe he doesn't. But yeah, at this point, if he if he plays like this, he's he's got a starting job somewhere. It's the trade value too. Like a lot of these guys, you can trade for a lot more. You know, I mean, DK Metcalf and Jack Smith and Jigba, those are guys you're getting later. Jordan's love trade value is not that high right now. It's just not somebody that you can trade away easily. Like, a, I mean, DK Metcalf, he is a way more value. I just don't understand drafting love ahead of him mm. at this point. It's just goofy. You know, there's guys that you can get, especially if you want to punt the quarterback position and you, you yeah. take elite talent where Jordan Love is being drafted. I mean, you could get by with your Jimmy Garoppolo's, your Derek mm-hmm. Carr's, you know, Matthew Stafford, guys like that. I mean, it, it's possible to do it. It definitely is. So I completely understand where you're yeah. coming from kind of in on Jordan Love just because I've waited so long. I do have him in a couple spots. He was on my taxi for a while. So I'm in because I'm invested. So I want to see what we got first. Makes sense. 
but I do completely understand where you're coming from. So um, our last guy, my next guy here, I'm going to kind of sound a little hypocritical, okay? Because where he's going does not actually line up with the value that he's being portrayed with. And that's Alexander Madison running back for the Minnesota Vikings. So look at me just crapping all over running backs this episode. But hey, the NFL is doing it. Why not me? Running back 27 on DLF and running back 21 on keep trade cut. And you're like, Mike, that's not, you know, we're, we're talking about selling high, but hear me out first if i'm going to pay up for a first time starter i'm going to pay up for tony pollard who is in my opinion a more dynamic runner and receiver madison has averaged 4.1 yards per carry in his career it's actually gone down every season he's been in the league so 4.6 and 19 4.5 and 20 3.7 and 21 oh hey a bump back up to 3.8 in 2022 as fireworks are going off because my neighbors agree they hate alexander madison as well so to me alexander madison is better served as backup We've heard reports of Ty Chandler looking good this offseason. Offseason, no contact. Hype, you got to love it. And we can't forget that they did draft Dwayne McBride. He was number two in the NCAA in rushing last year. But, I, you know, that doesn't matter because it was the Conference USA. Right, Nate? Right. Exactly. Right. So it only, it only matters a little bit. But, <laughs> but uh, I think he's a running back, too, this year. And that's about it. I also think Minnesota throws more than ever. And I know that they already throw a lot, but I mean, look, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, the one guy who's, who's the wide receiver three, whose name I can never remember, Nate. KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson. Yes. And they got hot there as well. So you have four great guys. You could be throwing the ball to, Um, you know, why run it? And uh, he's just, he's just kind of average. Yeah, I don't think Madison's even a RB two, Mike. You you think he's lower than that? Yeah, because I don't think he's going to get the volume. We won't have the efficiency. Okay. Uh, you know the pass heavy Vikings team, and they got rid of Dalvin Cook. Madison's not going to make him run the ball more than they did before. Yeah. I mean, this could be a situation where there's some sort of timeshare as well that we've seen in the past with mm-hmm. New England that we're going to see this year in Philadelphia. That is just really hard to predict because it's a lot of mid to late round guys. It's just going to be kind of gross. Um, his current value on DLF is 113.5. And the funny thing is, and this is why I said that I was going to sound like a hypocrite, because what his value is being projected at on every site that I'm looking at is not what you're seeing when you're trying to either trade for him or you're trading him away. You're seeing people get more. Okay. So his, mm-hmm. his value currently lines up with that of a 24 second. Uh, the 24 seconds value is 115.1, but good luck getting them for that. He's a starter. And people are making him pay for him. You know, they're making you pay for him as such. But let's go with the values that I'm given. And I'm going to give you some trades. A good tier down trade. Madison for Khalil Herbert and a 24 third. Khalil Herbert is starting running back on a team that runs the ball a crap ton. Okay. <laughs> so give me that. Give me the 24 third as well. And here's a nice tier up trade. Madison in a 24 second. In a 25 second, that value is 284. Point five for J.K. Dobbins, two ninety four point eight. I think Nate would make that trade, would he not? I don't think that's a bad trade. I hate to lose two seconds from the next two years, but yeah. I really do like your first trade. I think you get a pretty good uh, uh, lateral move to Herbert, and you get a third on top. And I think Herbert might actually give you better, more consistent production this year than Madison. I think so will. too. Mm-hmm. I think so too. And you know, I, I feel like the Bears might be in a little bit more on Khalil Herbert than the Vikings are. On Alexander Madison. Yep. So, and let's not forget, you know, the, the Vikings really can't pay. They pay Kirk Cousins a lot of money. Justin Jefferson's going to be coming up real soon. He's going to get yeah. the 
bag. And, you know, Jordan Addison one day, they're going to have to pay him as well. TJ Hawkinson was a first round pick. He's making some money too. So yeah. they have to save money somewhere. Why not save money at a position where you can get a jag in there and just kind of do the job and move on elsewhere? So it's crazy. One month ago, I was touting him as a player you should be buying. It's crazy how fast players' values can change because it is. It, You're right. It's, it's tough because we were getting him second and third round picks. Now we're going to have to give up maybe even a first round pick to get the guy now. And I don't know if I'm too comfortable doing that at this point. Mm. No, thank you. But in all fairness, when you were telling people to buy him while Dalvin Cook was still on the team, the value was good for him. And now that he's not there, people are losing their mind. Yep. The fantasy industry or community as a whole is still so obsessed with the idea of the bell cow running back, which we see is just so few and far between that you have to just learn how to work with these running back by committee backfields. Just Just a good reminder to show you how much these values can change folks. For sure. Yep. Moves quicker out here. Sorry, I needed a sip of water there. So that is going to do it for this week's podcast. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Please, I urge you, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 10% discount if you sign up for a whole year. Do it. What are you waiting for? Pause this, sign up now. We already talked about SeatGeek. You know them. If you want to play some best ball with us, you know we would love to. I'll draft with you. I love doing best ball. Underdogfantasy.com. Promo code rewind. 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. That is going to do it for the Rewind crew. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. For Nate Christian and Chevin Nooney. Until next time, everyone, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for listening. And Sean was late yet again. See you, everybody.